This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week, our podcast is brought to you by BHP. Reducing greenhouse gas emissions in the production of copper is critical. That's why BHP has committed to solar, wind and battery agreements to help power their copper mine at Olympic Dam in South Australia. It's happening now at BHP. Visit bhp.com forward slash critical to find out more. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Thursday the 11th of January. In your squiz today, supermarkets are in the spotlight, another cyclone warning for Queensland, tough love for Roddy and Over, and a sheet cake frenzy. This is your squiz today. Claire, grocery prices have been top of mind for many as the cost of living continues to be an issue in Australia. The Albanese government ordered a review in October into supermarket prices and yesterday that review was back in the news when the PM announced that the former Labor Consumer Affairs Minister and economist Craig Emerson will be leading it. Yeah, so that review is about Australia's Food and Grocery Code of Conduct. It's a voluntary and industry-led regulatory scheme. It was introduced last time this was an issue, which was about 15 years ago or so. And what Prime Minister Albanese said about it yesterday is, and this is the quote, we know that when we've seen a reduction in cost to supermarkets, that hasn't been passed on in an appropriate way to consumers. And we want to make sure that happens. So if you've heard anything about this issue in recent days, you might have heard farmers talking about the gap between the prices that they're getting at the farm gate versus prices at the supermarket that consumers are paying. And what the retailers say is they pay market prices to their suppliers and the retail price includes things like processing, transport, labour, packaging and other costs. Yeah, and those issues will be picked up in Emerson's review and in a Senate inquiry that will kick into gear in the coming weeks. So long story short, Claire, the Albanese government is looking to get on top of Aussie's concerns about the cost of living because it is set to be a big issue this year. Yep, it is. We certainly haven't left that in 2023. The coalition, though, says that the government is dragging the chain on this one. But putting politics aside, there was some good news on inflation yesterday. The Bureau of Stats said that inflation has dropped to 4.3% in the 12 months to November. And that's notable because it's the lowest inflation has been for nearly two years. And also it's fallen more than economists were predicting. Yeah. So now there's speculation that the Reserve Bank might cut interest rates sooner than expected. Claire, isn't this exciting? We are not even through our first week back yet and we get the chance to mention the Reserve Bank and interest rates already. (laughs) Yeah, what a gift. (laughs) Far North Queenslanders are a tough bunch, but you would forgive them for saying enough is enough as the region stares down another cyclone. The Bureau of Meteorology reckons the risk of it making landfall is about 15%, but the issue is that there is more rain on the way. What they're warning is that a monsoon trough will dump heavy rain across large parts of the state. They reckon that'll happen over the weekend and into next week. It's a concern because Queensland is pretty sodden. Mm -hmm. They've had a lot of rain over the last three and four weeks. Um, It's also a concern because Queensland is still cleaning up after those storms um, and the flooding that they 
saw over the Christmas break, the major highway between Cairns and Port Douglas is still cut off. That's from the damage that came with Cyclone Jasper. It caused landslides and there's still extensive damage as well to other infrastructure, including the railway. And another part of Queensland that was smashed over Christmas was the southeast corner, so that's the Gold Coast. The Hins Dam there is currently at 99.8% capacity, which means the spill gates need to be open to allow more water to be let downstream. So there's tricky times ahead there too. I've got a feeling we're going to be talking about US politics a lot this year, Claire, so we're going to need to pace ourselves. One story that's out of the gates early to get us started is America's Secretary of Defence, Lloyd Austin, is being asked to explain how he was hospitalised without notifying his boss, President Joe Biden. Yep. Can't get enough American politics, Alice, so I'm, for one, diving into it. Um, Austin was admitted to hospital on the 1st of January. It's something that officials, though, didn't find out about for three days. And then yesterday it was confirmed that he'd received a prostate cancer diagnosis in December. And the reason it's an issue is because US Cabinet members can't be incapacitated without handing over their responsibilities, and particularly in key roles like defence. So the White House has ordered a review into what happened. And despite Austin and his team being in some hot water over this communication breakdown, the White House says it doesn't intend to fire him over the incident. He is still being monitored in hospital, but he's resumed his full duties from there. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super, one of Australia's most awarded super funds. It can be hard to know where the best place to grow your super is, but with awards like CanStar's Outstanding Value three years in a row and Money Magazine's 2024 Ultra Long Term Performance, Aware Super's 1.1 million members can be confident their super is in good hands. Visit aware.com.au forward slash awards to find out more. Awards are only one consideration. Read the PDS and TMD on the website. You won't catch Australia's top-ranked female tennis player, Arena Rodianova, at this year's Oz Open. She's 105 on the world rankings and she's taken aim at Tennis Australia after she missed out on a wildcard entry. So how it works is that tournament organisers issue a number of these wildcard entries to players. Uh, They might not have a high ranking or they might not have won a qualifying match to get in. And this year, entry to the Australian Open was given to Aussie female players ranked lower than Rodianova, players like Daria Saville and also Taylor Preston. And that meant that Rodianova was forced to compete in the qualifying rounds, but she didn't make it through. Now, notable Aussie player John Millman is retiring after the Open, but to get through to the tournament, he has to go through the qualifying rounds himself. And he reckons that the process is a bit of a shambles. Yeah, officials don't have a great answer for that because it is a bit arbitrary. And Claire, tennis fans would be aware that the Australian Open starts this Sunday. I, for one, cannot wait. Oh, yeah. January is the Australian Open. Can't (laughs) wait for it either. 
Congrats to you if you're planning a wedding this year. It's an exciting time with lots of things to get organised. So, Claire, as two unmarried ladies, Squizzers will be sure to take our advice about the latest wedding cake trend. Oh, yeah, we're totally your people for that job. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know about you, Alice, I am short on wedding experience, but I'm very long on cake eating experience. So (laughs) that's got to count for something when it comes to this. Uh, There is a new trend about supersized sheep cakes and I probably need to explain what a sheet cake is. Um, I don't know if you had this at school or at an event. Basically, it's just one layer of cake with icing on it. It's in a baked in a big sheet tray. So you get yourself a square of cake and away you go. But the style setters of America say it's no to tiered wedding cakes and yes to these very large, very epic, fancy sheet cakes. So the trend watchers speaking up about this say that it's a swing of the pendulum from the pandemic era micro gatherings and individually wrapped treats to something that can take up a lot of space. Some we saw were more than 1.5 metres long with some pretty fancy but botanical decorations on top, I'd say, Claire. Whatever you go for, though, cake of any description is pretty good. Yeah, just provide a cake and everyone will be fine. (laughs) Claire, to finish off today, your and Kate's latest Year Ahead episode is out today on our News Club feed. This one is with the AFR fashion editor, Lauren Sams. Yep, Lauren is a longtime friend of ours and a friend of the Squizzers, and we chatted to her about the business of fashion and some really current themes like fast fashion and sustainability. We also talked about the fun stuff too, so things about her trend picks for the year. I won't spoil that. You're just going to have to listen. (laughs) Just search for News Club in your podcast app to listen to that and also give it a follow because there are some very exciting things coming to that channel very, very soon. And with that teaser, that's us done for today. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.